Hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm doing a podcast about the podcast. I know, right? Inception, right? Bomb. So if you want to uh, hear my interview right away with Stephen, just skip ahead to minute uh, four, I believe, and uh, you'll get past my lengthy introduction to the show. And come in and say, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Grown Man Radio Show. Before we get into this episode with Stephen Yellen, uh, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to my wife's catering company, Sunflower Catering. You can check out her stuff on Instagram at, at sunflowercatering.com. That's F-L-O-U-R instead of flower. Clevier! And um, also, I want to tell you about my children's books. Ollie Plays Golf, Ollie Goes Fishing, and um, Sandbaggery is my satire book. But Ollie Plays Golf and Ollie Goes Fishing are my first two books. They're children's books, and I think your kids are really going to like them. They're available on Amazon, and if you've gotten one, um, please do me a huge solid and uh, support the show by leaving a review, and uh, an honest review. I don't want you to put a five-star just to be nice, but if you enjoyed the book, I could really use your help growing because on Amazon, um, the way to get noticed is to have a lot of reviews. As you know, you'll search garbage bags and, and the one that pops up with five stars, well, by God, that's the one I'm going to buy. And um, so I would appreciate the reviews. The book sales have been good. Ollie Plays Golf sells the most. I don't know that that's a statement so much on the quality of the book. I stand behind all three books like artistically and message-wise. Um, I just think it's a it's a, a representation of some early hard work to build that as a brand. You know, Ollie plays golf. I've got the magnets on the car, and I've got magnets for all three books. But early on, I kind of brought you into the process of building the Ollie plays golf empire, and I think that gets people involved in your brand and interested in your brand, and they're brand loyal, and then you get calls to order books for grandkids and I'll personalize and sign them and ship them out to you. And all this stuff really helps me. That's how I want to monetize, honestly. Like I always want to have a show where I support brands that I like. Like uh, I got this, I got these hats yesterday from Taylor, Surf and Turf Golf. Taylor is running a hell of a company over there. And um, hell, that they if there's ever a, a company and a brand to support, I'm going to throw it all in behind Surf and Turf because they're doing it the right way. And it, he's he's running a business from the perspective of someone who's been very successful in competitive golf and has learned the many lessons associated with that sort of level of competition. And he's bringing that into his workspace, which is cool. So that's sort of, to me, the best pitch for somebody that would – invest in surf and turf or whatever he needs i don't know what they need he just uh anybody that's interested in supporting them as a brand uh just rest assured that he is a, a hell of a guy and um is running a great company and trying to do things the right way um so that was a long intro <laughs> all right let's get into the uh episode with steven yellen we just wrapped Steven is uh, someone who really changed my mind about how to play my best golf. I was in a rut. Well, I'll explain in the episode here. I don't need to go double explain it. Um, so here we go. Here's Steven Yellen. 
Hey everybody, welcome to Grown Man Radio. My name's Clay, and today I've got a good friend of mine rejoining us in the program, Stephen Yellen. He's the creator of the Fluid Motion Factor program, which is a program I stumbled into on my mini tour journey when I was searching for a little bit of something. I was, you know, chasing my tail, trying to swing better to play better, and a friend of mine Landon Michelson said, hey, man, I've been where you're at before. I've seen and experienced all the same things you have, like where you're out there trying to take lessons to, I just got to create a more infallible swing. If I can create a perfect swing, then I will, you know, be a, a good professional golfer. But unfortunately, that's just not the way to do it. What you're missing is the mental skill to allow your body to do what it wants to do, but we just get in our own way. So I read Stephen's book, The Fluid Motion Factor, and went through his online program, and it was a paradigm shift for me in terms of my golf mentality. Um, and uh, I, every so often, Stephen and I just, you know, text back and forth, stay in touch. And um, I texted him this morning. I said, hey, man, I played golf yesterday. And I was just in a really good mood out there. I was excited to play golf. And I had a zone experience for a few holes. I didn't shoot a 62, but for like four or five holes, man, I was just pounding the driver exactly where I wanted to hit it. I was hitting compressed pull cuts, at, you know, really great distance control. I felt like I was going to make every putt. And it doesn't last forever. But when you do have those zone experiences, it's just something special, and I always like to, you know, spread the word and, and uh, thank Stephen for helping me kind of open my mind to playing my best golf. And uh, so when I texted Stephen this, he said, oh, that's cool. I had a couple of things that I wanted to talk to you about anyway. So Stephen, after that long introduction, first of all, what's going on, dude, and how are you? Life is bliss, Clay. Life for me is bliss, even though we're living in very tumultuous times, but we create our own reality inside. Um, everything's good. Um, I just finished the final edit of my new book that's coming out in All right. late August, September. It's called um, Simplicity, the Fluid Motion Factor Golf Program. Um, very excited about that. Uh, I waited a long time to write this book because I wasn't too sure whether my program could really be taught via text and not via, um, you know, in-person or online video. So I did a little social experiment. <laughs> I went on Facebook and I uh, posted, I said, uh, you know, many of you know about my program, Fluid Motion Factor program. I've only been teaching it online and in person, and honestly, I'm not too sure whether someone can really learn it successfully through a book. So I'm looking for some volunteers to read the initial manuscript, unedited, and see, um, you know, what your experience is. Oh, by the way, uh, it's going to cost you $59. <laughs> because I really wanted serious people. So I thought I would get three or four or five. Well, 26 people sent me $59. Nice. Which covered the cost of editing the book. So, do you know the story? Did I tell you the story? Uh, no. 
Okay, so um, I sent out a couple chapters at a time because I wanted them to practice uh, sequentially. And after I sent out the first few chapters, I really got some extremely positive reviews. One, one player from Singapore says, um, I haven't felt this way swinging a golf club in 20 years. So I, um, he's, a, he's teaching pro. I said, okay, that's a green light from nature. So we're getting this puppy dog out to the general public. So um, I um, got a publisher, got an editor. She's very, very excited about it. She understands the ramifications. She's an extreme athlete herself. She has about 700 uh, jumps from a plane in competitive skydiving. Wow, cool. Fearless. So, so the thing is that, you know, you can have a bad day on the golf course, but you better not have a bad day jumping out of the plane, okay? Yeah. That'll be all she wrote. So That's uh, a wrap. That's a wrap, baby, all right? Um, we'll see you in the maternity ward in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> new body, right? So uh, now you know my work with Scott McCarron, right? I I know that you're working with him. I don't know. Are you up to something new with him, or are you just helping him live the program? I I never sent you the video that he did for me, the uh, endorsement video. Uh, I don't think so. All right, I'll send it to you after. But essentially, Scott McCarron. Um, Learned the fluid motion factor program about four years ago. He's been a dominant force. He used his on he uses it on every shot, and uh, he's been a dominant force on the Champions Tour. Last year, he won the Schwab Cup, Arnold Palmer Award, and Player of the Year, and he won about three million dollars. So I got a hold of him. Uh, I don't know a couple months ago because. I had developed the program um, to another level, and I knew that he didn't get the—he he hadn't gotten this knowledge yet. So I thought, you know, it'd be a good idea. And I didn't teach him. My former partner, Buddy Biancolano, taught him, but I taught Buddy how to teach. So essentially, I taught him. So I thought it'd be a good idea if Scott um, got this—the latest knowledge. So I called him up. I spent an hour on the phone with him or on Skype, answering his questions and going deeply um, into. Uh, some of the challenges that he would like to overcome out there. And at the end, it, the conversation went so well. I said, Scott, you know what? You should hire me for the year. And he said, yeah, I should. <laughs> so um, last month, I went down to North Carolina, spent two days with him, gave him the updated version of the program. Then um, I did this uh, video, which I'll send to you. It's just a two-minute video. I mean, can you play it on the air or, or no? I don't know. Is it, uh, would it be okay just to listen to the audio? Yeah. Yeah. Where can I find the audio? Uh, I'm going to send it to you right now. Hold on. But anyway. Um, send me a Facebook message if you can. I think that'd be the easiest way to play it. Okay. So I'll just send you a Facebook message. But it's a neat little interview. Cool. And. Um, All right, I just sent it to you. We're making it happen in real time. Scott McCarron, here we go, pulling it up. 
Let's see if this will work here. Scott McCarron, last year you, you had that? a very good year. What is to the left of you right there? Well, this, uh, Stephen, is the Schwab Cup. Oh, boy. 2019. Uh, it's a, a trophy that I've wanted for the last couple of years. Uh, Bernard Longer's kind of had a stranglehold on it. And uh, I was able to play some good golf last year to win the Schwab Cup, uh, win Player of the Year, and the Arnold Palmer Award for the most money. So it was a, a very good year last year. Congratulations. It's, it's, it's really an outstanding year. I hope you do it again in 2020. So you learned the uh, Fluid Motion Factor program uh, a while ago. What kind of impact has it had on your game? Well, the Fluid Motion Factor has had a big impact. Um, it's really taught me about, one, quieting my mind uh, when I'm over the shop, um, having a wholeness, having acceptance. Um, because a lot of times we're out there and we're hitting shots and you might not be real comfortable before you hit it. How are you going to pull the trigger? What are you thinking about during your swing? And the fluid motion factor really teaches you and gives you tools to be able to swing with a fluid motion, meaning no thoughts, just letting it go. And so when I'm playing well and uh, things are going well, my mind is pretty much blank. There's just like this very time kind of almost slows down. Um, I see the target, I feel the swing, but then that's about it. There's really not much else going on. And I almost don't even remember kind of swinging. It just kind of happens. Um, when it's not going well, I'm thinking about five different things uh, in my setup or uh, more on the downswing. And when you do that, you never play well. The bigger muscles take over and, and, you're, and you're done. So this fluid motion factor program really teaches you how to get in that, that sort of zone, that fluid motion, because we all want to just swing freely. Uh, now, it's not going to guarantee that you're going to play great golf. You still have to manage um, yourself around the golf course. You have to pick the right club, judge the distance, win, all those things. But if you can swing freely most of the time, you're going to play better golf. Thanks, Scott. Really appreciate it. Best of luck in uh, 2020. Thanks. It's a pretty good endorsement. <laughs> now it's so true. I mean, I can definitely identify with his experience. Obviously, I'm nowhere near the same level of competitiveness and achievement within the game of golf, but he's saying all the things that um, I say about the program and why I try to teach it to other people because it is so liberating and it allows you to get out of the rut of trying to swing better to play better. It's, you chase your tail doing that. You can't create a perfect swing. Even if you can, you can't consistently have a perfect swing. And you see these guys on tour that, I mean, their swings are technically perfect, but then they can still shoot a, you know, a 76 on a bad day. So it's, uh, it's not about creating a perfect swing. It's about creating as close to a perfect mindset as possible. Yeah, and you know, here's the thing, okay? And, and Scott McCarron, by the way, is just a world-class guy. What's he like? I, I mean, he seems like kind of a goober. I like it. He's a fly fisherman, okay? Let's kick back. Let's have a few Michelobes, all right? No ostentatious uh, air about him at all. He's just a really well-balanced, humble, kind, compassionate human being, okay? and. Um, he deserves all the success that he's having. And you know, I have a quote that he gave me for the book. He said that um, 
many people come up to me and ask me, now you, won, you only won three times on the PGA Tour, you've won 11 times on the Champions Tour, what has been the difference? And he says, Fluid Motion Factor Program, Stephen Young. How that's a nice endorsement. That's a pretty good endorsement, right? So, so anyway, what ha- I'll tell you an interesting story. Um, Casey Martin, you know the name Casey Martin? No, uh, and I'm embarrassed to say, like, in terms of, I'm not a golf nerd. Like, I love to play golf, but there's a lot about the game that I don't follow, and I kind of don't like that about myself, but at the same time, I'm being honest, I don't really follow the, the story of the game as much as I should. So who is Casey Martin again? He was the guy who went to um, court with the PGA about riding in a cart. Okay, gotcha. I heard about that. Yeah, so he's the golf coach at University of Oregon now, the men's coach. And he, he got a hold of the Fluid Motion Factor book. And there's a reason why I'm telling you this story. He got a hold of the Fluid Motion Factor book, read it. It, it helped his game out right away. So he called uh, a leading um, uh, golf instructor, one of the top pros in the country. I won't mention his name. And he works with um, a guy on tour who uh, has been very, and I won't mention his name, very successful golfer, won $22 million over his career. And um, really had a, he really had a problem with this, with this guy in that his numbers on TrackMan were just off the chart uh, on the range and in the teaching studio. And he would go to the course and that swing was nowhere to be found. He's missed like seven, eight, nine. In fact, he just missed the cut this week uh, in a row. And he couldn't understand it. So he called me up because Casey told him about me. And I got the player on the phone too. We had a three-way talk. And um, I explained, you know, he read the book I, and I, I explained again what was going on that uh, there's nothing wrong with your swing. In fact, muscle memory can't break down. What breaks down is the ability to access it. And there's a certain process in the mind, in the mind and it's called the fluid motion factor. So you get a, you got a guy like this who's literally costing himself hundreds of thousands of dollars every week, if not a million dollars, if he wins. And he doesn't have, this is all the PGA pros, they're in and out of this all the time. He doesn't have the knowledge or he doesn't have the technique or he hasn't figured it out, one of the two, to take his, this is a PGA professional, okay, to take his range swing to the course. Now, when he said, I don't know, about four or five minutes ago, it's, uh, it, it's all about the mental aspect or whatever, I, I'd like to correct that if I, if I may, all right? Because when people think of mental, they think sports psychology, attitude, emotions, belief in yourself. This is not a mental program. This is a neurophysiological program. This is science. So for sure, my program is a mental training program, but it has nothing to do with mental as it's commonly understood at all, zero. Because I don't care what you do in between swings, there's only one thing that I'm concerned about is what processes you're accessing in that 1.5 seconds it takes to generate a golf swing. So it's almost like a new field. It's, it's not like I'm a mental coach. I'm a fluid motion coach. 
kind of thing. And of course, it'll take a while for that to creep into the lexicon of, uh, of, of golf. But it will because it's the really, in my opinion, and in other people's opinions, it's really the next level of instruction. It's not has, has to do with equipment or, uh, you know, dissecting the swing again into a thousand parts. It's what has to happen in your little brain physiology to access your best swing. End of, end of statement. Stop. And, that'll, and, and that, how to do that is not Stephen Yellen's program. It's nature's program. There's prefrontal cortex, motor system, you know the whole thing. So anyway, but anyway, it's a great thrill for me to work with a guy personally now, um, like Scott McCarron. And um, I think once one or two guys on the PGA Tour pick this up and the results start to um, come in, I, I have a feeling hopefully that uh, my schedule will fill up a little bit more. No, I have no doubt that it will. And, you know, having him out there evangelizing for you and um, just people got to try it. It's something that you got to try for yourself. And I was attracted to the fluid motion factor program just because of what you made a clear delineation. This isn't woo woo, you know, positive vibes stuff. I mean, there's positive vibes behind it, but there's real science behind what's going on when you experience wholeness. And this is a systematic approach to fostering a state of abstraction and recognizing wholeness and utilizing wholeness on the golf course. Yeah. And it's difficult to see my big question, Stephen is like, so this is the truth, right? This is the way to do it. This is how you play golf. How do I, as a golf instructor, reach the person that's on the range with the 17 alignment sticks and they're on track man and swing catalyst and they're like, God, I got to flat load my feet so I can snap load my power package. And I'm like, no, dude, your swing's already fine. Just like relax. Let me show you this fluid motion factor thing. And they're like, whatever, hippie. I don't want to listen to that stupid stuff. I need to just dig it out of the dirt. I mean, there's there's something to be said for like building skills but how do you how do we crack that egg you know there's two ways you're going to crack the egg okay the first and hopefully sooner rather than later is they hear about it on tv they because that gives it legitimacy exactly okay now once you have a legitimacy all you have to do is give them the experience, okay? You, you cannot convince them. My suggestion is you never try to convince anybody that this is a better way. It doesn't work like that because they have been so entrenched and they are so entrenched in their mindset from, from the first day they appeared on the planet well, that may be a little bit of an exaggeration. Okay? <laughs> let's, say, let's say the first day they picked up the club. That, um, and of course, a beginning golfer has to learn mechanics, okay? So, you know, you have to. It's not going to come down from the sky. But there is a way to teach mechanics and still keep the brain physiology working um, in a very powerful way. It's a very subtle thing, and it's in my book very specific how to do that. 
But there comes a point in time in a golfer's career, and, and sooner than later, when their swing is done. They're living, you know, they're living in some kind of la-la land, okay? Thinking that, you know, it's that if only, if only I can get the club here, if only I can get the club here, if only I can be like this at impact. I mean, they are chasing, they are chasing a, a, a well-mapped out path to a black hole. <laughs> a well-mapped out path to a black hole. And what does a black hole do, Clayton? Well, you and I know, both know what a black hole does. It sucks you in and doesn't let anything out, okay? You are immersed in darkness. And, but, but, you know, when I talk about this, you know, sort of half-heartedly but seriously in the book, you know, chasing that, that rainbow. And there's, there's uh, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And, you know, the title of the chapter in, in my book on that is called Swing Prison. And essentially, they're in swing prison. Now, what I have found, and hopefully you have had these kinds of experiences in your teaching, is that it's not difficult to give someone a really full-blown taste of what freedom feels like in a golf swing. You know, I'll tell you a story. The golf coach at the University of Washington, Mary Lou Muffler, somehow she heard about my program. So she called me up. I was just leaving uh, Orlando for the summer and coming to Iowa. She said, I heard about your program, Stephen. It sounds very interesting. How can I learn more? I said, Mary Lou, well, you can go through the video online program if you want. She said, great. Send them to me. Sent me your money. A week later, she calls me up. By this time, I'm in Iowa. And she says, Stephen, I have to come out and see you. I have never heard anything like this before. I said, Mary Lou, get on that plane in Seattle and land in Des Moines and come and see me, all right? So she comes out to see me. Now, there's a difference between going through the program online and going through the program in person. And that's why one day, Clay, I want to see that mustached face of yours. And that's right. That's right. That grown man radio. That's right. That's right. In person, because you will get more out of it. All right. So she comes to, um, I meet her at the course. We start, you know, you know what the program is. We start with the numbers and nine, 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 nine. And then we reach a point, I don't know, it wasn't that long into the program, 20 minutes, where um, she starts crying. There's tears coming out of her eyes. Oh, boy. And I say, Mary Lou, what's going on? Are you okay? She said, no, these are tears of joy. I have never thought that it would be possible to experience a golf swing with so much freedom and abandonment. And it's a spiritual feeling. It's a very, as you know, that, you know, you experienced it, you know, yesterday or today or yesterday, that it's a feeling of going beyond boundaries, transcending boundaries, 
where you have very strict boundaries and all of a sudden you're not a prisoner of them anymore. And a spiritual experience is, you know, these kinds of experiences is what life is all about. So um, she went on to go through the program within two years, two years time, uh, frame of time, five times. She went through it five times. She, I did a, cl a clinic in San Francisco. She flew down from Seattle. Then I flew out to Seattle to work with her team. Then she flew to uh, Ledbetter's with her team. And they went through. They went through the program well. In 2016, they were the national champions. The team had gone through the program twice. And that you know that's the that's the match against Stanford where they were holding out from the fairway from the bunker. I mean, it was ridiculous kind of thing. So. Um, that's the, that's the Mary Lou story about getting out of swing prison. Now, unfortunately, whoever's listening to this, um, what do we call it? A podcast, a Facebook, how many people are there? How many people are there? Is there anybody listening? Is there anybody out there listening? Is there anybody out there watching the show? Let's look. I've oh, got um, that's the, that's the Mary. See, now I'm going to get the feedback here. I got to mute that. Um, uh, 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 uh. nope. Okay, so it's me and you, Clay. I thought it's fine. That's fine. It, you know, you get the views on the reshare when you chop it up. People's attention span, they can't go for hours, but if you find the spicy little nougats and then you post those, that's what uh, okay. pushes the button. So, so anyway, um, they're these golfers, and correct me if I'm wrong. 90%, 95% are in swing prison, okay? Yeah, it, well, it's impossibly easy. If, if you got it, it would be obvious. Like, if you un when you understand the tenets of your program, you got it. It's like you got it for life, in my opinion. If you, once you understand it, you got it. And it's easy to tell when somebody ain't got it, especially when I'm out caddying. I'm like, oh, boy. This is a train wreck. Just from the, this guy's body language, I know where this ball's going. This is going straight in the trash. <laughs> right. So, you know, this is a uh, hopefully more than a breath of fresh air. Hopefully it will have a huge impact in the golfing kingdom. I certainly am ready for it. I think the program is at a very, very high level. I always say, oh, I'm done with the program. And then all of a sudden something comes up. And I'm not so done, okay? So I came up with a few things, and that's why um, I texted you, and I'm just curious if you would be interested in hearing about that. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I don't feel as though my journey is done within the – I feel like I can get better. I feel like I get it, but I can still get better. So I'm excited to hear what you got for me. All right. So let's, let's tee it up. Okay. I love these tees, these plastic tees. Oh, those are terrible. Those get caught in mowers and they ruin mowers. No, no, no. I never lose my tea. Okay? <laughs> I've had All this, right. I've had this tea for 13 years. No way. Okay, Mo Norman. You're right. No way. Okay. No, either they break, okay? You, sometimes they can break. But anyway. And anyway, I'm on the, uh, yeah, I'm on the, uh, I'm on the, uh, on the tea. They don't really mow the tea, do they? Well, I guess they do. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. Ultimately, in the final analysis, time, the experience of time controls the muscles. 
time controls the muscles. Time controls the muscles. There are two ways to experience time. One is in real time, where you're actually witnessing the swing unfold physically as it's unfolding. Boom, boom, boom. You're here, then you're here, then you're here, then you're here, then you're here. And then distorted time where you're experiencing the time unfold and then all of a sudden you start over anticipating something that has not yet occurred. Whether it's impact or whether it's the result of the shot or whether it's the consequences of the result of the shot. So then you're in the future, so you're in distorted time. Now, the mind loves abstraction. It loves abstraction. It loves abstraction. It, it, the mind is strengthened when you're, it's abstract, like Tiger. Tiger has this quote, there have been key shots in major tournaments where I took the club out of the bag. I didn't remember anything until I saw the ball land on the green. That's living in pure abstraction. That's pure abstraction. That's what made him great. Not the quality of his swing, but the quality of his abstraction he experienced during the swing. So... What normally happens, now I'll tell you, now with that preface, okay, I, I'll give you these three fluid cues that I want you to try too, my son, okay? <laughs> you mustache radio, <laughs> okay? No one's listening, it doesn't matter. Okay, I know. okay. so um, actually, the first one is from the first set of fluid cues, and, but I'm realizing how powerful it is. It's the surfboard one where right before you pull the trigger, you draw, you draw a line, diagonal line through the ball, and your attention has to be more or less to the right of the line with a soft gaze, very soft gaze. You're not looking for kryptonite. Now, what this does, now you, you tried that when you went through the program, right? Indeed. Okay, what was, what was your experience? Do you remember? I remember feeling for the first time a new skill developing in my ability to be aware of my consciousness. Beautiful. That, okay, that, I want you to keep that thought in your mind because that is a very, very powerful comment and a very, very powerful idea. So for, for the um, thousands of viewers listening on this one, that the fluid cue, and I'll give it to you guys, you won't have to buy the book for this one, is that right before you pull the trigger, I want your attention more or less to be the right to the right of that line or the ball. Your focus is always on the ball because no one hits a shot with their mind with their focus up here. But your focus can be on the ball, but your attention could be on the target. So already you're distorting time. Already you're in the future. So this keeps you more in the present not only when you pull the trigger, but during the swing as well. That's number one. Number two, this one you never got, is that at the top of the swing, I don't want your attention to go past the ball. Don't let my attention go past the ball. I think I do that intuitively. I've been a, I was a good ball striker early on and then I got lost and now I've kind of refound it. Right. Right. Um, so I'm trying to understand that. I don't know that I have any thoughts at all while I'm swinging. Right. No. Well, you have been going through the program for 
two, three years. You've been mm -hmm. doing every swing. So you've been culturing a certain state of awareness, a certain state of the brain physiology during the swing. So, but this is for someone who hasn't gone through the learning curve. Okay. Right? So what do you mean by don't let your attention go past the ball? Okay, so I want you to look at the mic, okay? And I don't want you, your attention in a soft way to look at what's to the right of the mic or the left of the mic, okay? Got it. That's it. It's, it's very simple. There's no rocket science. So you're just sort of looking at something. Now, there could be something in the background. You know, you've got these, um, you seem to like hats, okay? So you've got these hats hanging around there. So, you know, you could put your attention on there, and then all of a sudden, you could put your attention on the mic, and your attention starts to drift over to that hat a little bit, okay? But when you don't, then the hat becomes blurry because you're not really focusing in on it at all. Does that make sense? It does. Okay, good. So the third one, the third one which you have not gotten, gotten, is this. At the top of the swing, I want you to have non-specific awareness. Non-specific awareness means you're aware, but you're not aware of anything specific. Now, it relates to what you said five minutes ago when all of a sudden you said, I have more conscious awareness, right? I felt right. as though I was noticing my thoughts. Right. So what that means is that you weren't shutting down the senses and you weren't shutting down the mind. So it was open, normal, and natural. For instance, when you're driving a car, you're aware of your thoughts, right? Now, just because the body is moving doesn't mean you, you cannot be aware of your thoughts. It doesn't mean that. Now, you may have no thoughts, but you may be aware that you have no thoughts. That's still an awareness, right? Mm -hmm. It happens to people at the top of the swing is one of three things. Their mind is frozen. Their mind is in the future. They're micromanaging what they're going to do. Okay? Now, having those kinds of thoughts or attitudes or feelings or emotions is going to produce, especially micromanaging, is I got to do this, I got to do that, it's going to produce theta waves or, or beta waves in the brain. Beta waves has to do with specificity. When someone is really focused, like I'm really focused now on, on, on you and, and, you know, what you're doing and your little nuances or whatever, I'm producing beta, uh, beta waves. When someone has his own experience, they are producing alpha waves. Now, alpha waves can only be produced when you have non-specific awareness because wholeness is not being broken. Alpha waves are produced when there's wholeness, abstraction, and silence in the brain physiology. Now, what usually happens at here, I mean, up here, I mean, this is, this is where all the drama is, unbelievable drama. Un, it's opening in, of a million Broadway plays at once, and you're trying to figure out if the reviews are gonna be good or bad, right? So, Non-specific awareness is usually nowhere to be found. Everything is very specific. 
in bold letters, lights outside of the Bellagio specific, okay? So you just have, and it's a very light kind of feeling. Remember in all these fluid cues, as you know, intention is more important than execution. So if you had non-specific awareness or you did not have non-specific awareness, it doesn't matter as long as you had the intention. Now, do you understand what non-specific awareness is, Clay? I believe I do, and I believe it is a very difficult thing to explain without someone experiencing. Exactly, okay. But what I want you to do, when are you hitting balls again? I don't like hitting balls anymore. I like to play. All right, so I would like you to hit some balls with this for five minutes, all right? Can you, can I'll you, give you five minutes. I just, I, I, to me, the driving range is like poison. It's like, seek more. You can hit it better. Come and work on new things. It'll confuse your body. Okay. But it's good when you're trying something new. If I'm intentional with it, I'm 100% on board. I will be very intentional with what you want me to do. And we've had a little freeze and we're back. So what is my intention for my next uh, range sesh? So I want you to hit, because on the range, you can hit five or six or seven, 10 balls in a row trying this. On the course, you've got to wait in between shots. So, you know, let's be more practical here. So the, 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 the two, go back to the surfboard drill, give that one another chance, okay? Mm -hmm. And do at the top of the swing, don't let, don't have your attention move past the ball. And then at the top of the swing, um, have uh, a non-specific awareness. Got it. I'll report back. I want to report back. Okay. I've sure. been, uh, yeah, I've found, I've refound freedom within the, during lockdown. I think I got a perspective on the game that I was missing. And I, I realized that I was missing the game. So when I have opportunities to play, I cherish it more. And I think I've got this just grateful attitude just to be out there. And it just so happens that uh, this grateful mindset is leading to some unbelievable golf shots. It's fun. Yeah, you know what? When, when um, you're out of prison, mental prison, swing prison, and you're allowing the body to do what it wants to do, the inner genius of the mind-body connection starts to show up more and more. And the body, what I have found over the years is that the body starts to default to these incredible, simple, and powerful positions during the swing, and you're not even aware of what the heck's going on, okay? You're not yeah, aware. Scott McCarron said it in his thing. He's like, yeah, I... I just sort of forgot that I swung. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm very curious. You're going to be one of my, um, my guinea pigs. I hope you don't mind. No, I'll, what I'll do is I'll have my little mic on and I'll go out there and I'll take people inside my mind as best I can explain of my inner experience while doing your drills. Okay, good, good. And, you know, and then maybe we'll reconvene at another time and and talk about it, you know, online. But I want you to get in touch with me right away, you know, regardless of that, after you have the experience. So when are you gonna when are you gonna go when are you gonna be hitting balls? Tuesdays are my golf days, Tuesday uh afternoons. So 
I'm doing this pros versus Joe's thing right now to sort of like tangentially teach fluid motion factor because I'm sort of putting on the show and doing the whole da na 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 but also hitting badass golf shots and people are hopefully like, whoa, who's this guy? How's he hitting the ball? How's because I call my shots. So I'm like, all right, this is gonna be a low cut. There you go. There's one. I had a good example on two. We were playing a one club challenge. It was a par five, reachable par five. I decided to hit driver off the tee. So I hit driver, you know, 320 yards right down the middle. Now all of a sudden I got 200 yards to the flag stick. And without any rehearsals or any practice swings or anything, I just hit this little bunt cut stinger that rolls up onto the uh, fringe and I almost tap it in for eagle. And uh, so stuff like that I'm hoping will kind of like help demonstrate sort of my process for playing golf that you helped build um, to complement the skills that I built early on in junior golf. And now I, I totally understand what you're saying. Like, I feel like my swing is done and that is very liberating. Like, I don't want to work on it. I want to work on the process. Like I want to get back into competition. That's something that I uh, understand that I have missed also. Um, so I'm excited to bring a new perspective to competition. And I think I'm going to kick some ass out there, but uh, I want to have it in a way where I don't have to make money at it. I just want to play for the fun of the competition. So that's something I'm excited for coming out of uh, quarantine. Your, your best golf is yet to come, Clay. I can assure you of that. I think so, too. I think I might kind of have like a new phase going on here. I need to tighten up the bolts a little bit in my setup. Uh, that's one thing that I'm realizing that there are some fundamental issues with my swing that makes it inconsistent just based on the nuts and bolts of things. And, um, and you'll, you'll, you've said that earlier. I mean, you have to have certain non-negotiable skills like within your thing. And you made the analogy once of like a light bulb. So I'm probably like a 75 watt light bulb. Uh, a 20 handicap is a 10 watt light bulb and Tiger Woods is, you know, a million watt light bulb. So you're only going to get so much out of your light bulb, but the way that you create a stronger light bulb is a combination of tightening up the fundamentals, like getting very intentional with your setup and your ball position. People have no idea how important ball position is to the way you swing the club. It's huge. And that's not taught enough. And setup is not taught enough. And I thought George Gankus put out one of the most incredible setup videos because it was just so frank. He was like so frustrated. You could tell he's like, guys, stop setting up badly. Like, and he goes into this beautiful explanation of how an athletic posture is developed. And he explains why it's better to set up the way he's explaining. And when you actually get into the position he's explaining, it feels right. But we've got this weird idea that we want to stick our butt out and have our, our back on this like straight line and pivot like this. It's just, it's not the, the most efficient way to do it. And so I think golf instruction is almost kind of returning back to more of a natural swing um, because I think that people have tried all this crazy uh, yeah. tech and the tech is too confusing. Like I see a lot of folks that they have access to the swing catalyst and the flight scope and the track man and they're getting a lot of data, but they can't enact anything from that data. Everybody, they all want them to swing left and they just, everybody has this idea that they're going to hit this pull cut and like really compress, but nobody can do it. 
except if you get them in a proper posture and you say, hit a, hit a pull cut and using Stephen Yellen's program, hit a pull cut, visualize it, you know, sort of rein in your awareness a little bit and just foster a state of abstraction and hit a pull cut. And they're just like straight off the middle of the club. Bang, bang, bang. I could never do that when I was drilling, you know, trying to swing like Jason Duffner, like, well, what the heck? That's the problem. You're trying to swing like someone. Don't try to swing, just swing. No, it's so true because everyone's body is constructed in, in, a, in a subtle, different way. And that you have to find the natural move for you, which can be synced with, with all the other moves. And if you try to cookie cut and force the body to get into a certain position, and you know when you were talking about um, setup, how you know you want to have the, you know certain angle, I was thinking of two golfer swings I, I've always admired. How they played was Angel Cabrera and Fuzzy Zeller, who were just sort of you know just sort of over the ball, you know letting it go. Whereas you know you got a guy like Adam Scott who's just you know perfect posture and this and that. Not to say that's wrong, it could be good for him, but anyway. So, so what happens with, with, with these swings with, you know, and you, you start listening on how specific you have to be with certain positions in this alpha. And I mean, there's certain things, I, I mean, it's, it's like physics. I mean, like unified quantum physics, you can't understand it. It's completely shutting down the ability of the body to, um, to sink the swing. Now, there's something in neurophysiology and learning emotion called chunking. Chunking is that the body likes to take a group of positions or movements and chunk them together. And so if you get too specific about where the hands in the club have to be here, and you're not taking into consideration how the hands got there or where the hands are going, you know, should be in order to uh, uh, slot the club, then what happens is that you start producing these uh, beta waves, and then the cerebellum can't really sink emotion when beta waves are being produced. If you have to have alpha waves. You break the chain, the chain of ideas. You, you, so, yeah, chunking. So you want to chunk. So when someone says you have to be here, you have to be here, you have to be here, as soon as they say you have to, Already, the, the, there's a, the, the, the danger warning signs are being blasted out kind of thing. Because you, you know, and I say in the book, and I say it very strongly in the book, and I'll say it strongly here, that unless a, unless a teacher or a player can answer one fun, fundamental question, they will always be searching and usually in the wrong places. And the question is very simple. How is fluid motion produced and why does it break down? Everything you do, on the range, on the course, where on the putting green needs to be connected to that because if you get disconnected, then you're weakening the system that actually produces a swing. You're weakening the brain physiology. So my whole program, this whole book, anything I ever say ever to anybody about golf or any sport will always be directly connected to that because if you break that connection, you are in very turbulent, dangerous waters. Yeah, one of your fluid cues um, is to sort of experience the swing as one thing. And that sounds obvious, but it allows you to chunk your swing, is yes. my understanding of it. 
Well, actually, the fluid cue is that you set one throughout the swing, which means that at any point in time, if you drop the club during the swing, you would feel more or less the same. So, okay. Yeah. I'm, I sort of had, I, I forgot the mechanism to which I was able to achieve that feel. But that's something that I realized in hindsight, I was doing instinctively when I was a good natural ball striker before I lost it. Uh, because I would swing and just try to hit it as hard as I can. And I would just right down the middle. I mean, and then I started to try to get fancy with it and get on all the technology and try to, you know, gain 10 yards or whatever. And I spent like three years and lots of money uh, basically wasting a bunch of time in, in competitive golf. It wasn't a waste of time. I got uh, context and I got um, experiences from that that, Right. will now pave into my next chapter of competitive golf, which I do agree. I think it's going to be, I'm going to play my best golf because I'm equipped with tools to do so. No, your, your best golf is, is yet to come play. Okay. I know it. You're going to, you're going to surprise a lot of people and they're going to say, where the heck did this guy come from? Okay. Yeah, that's my hope. Hopefully I can do like sort of an entertainment version of uh, competitive golf. That would be uh, to play and shoot good scores while doing the ya da 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 That's not really been done before. I mean, Lee Trevino did that. He was the ya da 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 guy, and I want to be that guy. Well, anyone who has a radio show where, you know, Smokey the Bear is to his left, okay, then, uh, you know, in some kind of outfit with, uh, I don't know, what's the cone on his head that says L? <laughs> oh, that's the circus bear. That's Alan Watts's circus bear. Oh, okay. Yeah, Alan Watts. I read all his books in college. Okay, so, we gotta, let's wrap this puppy dog Can up. we zoom out real quick away from golf? You said something interesting. Um, you're saying that time is what uh, moves the muscle. So can I ask you, as a man that is a fan of physics and what is time? Time is a human construct. It really doesn't exist. Is time motion? Is that a good way to explain it? No, really there is no time. In the ultimate, if you, if you file down to the unified field, which is the source of all of creation, there is no time. And people have this experience of, of timelessness. So uh, the experience of time, the way I understand it, is we have just quantified something that really is uh, unquantifiable. Un uh, at its ultimate, in its ultimate state, it's unquantifiable. At what time did we do that? I've heard some theory that that was sort of during the Industrial Revolution, that we started putting like bell towers up and stuff like that to tell the townsfolk it's now 12 o'clock. Go to lunch. No, that's a, that's a whole nother. We're, we're talking apples and oranges here. Okay. Yeah, that's a whole nother issue. Okay, so time itself is a construct. And there's, it's never not now. It's never not now. You know, in, uh, you know um, knowledge is structured in consciousness. And in different states of consciousness, there's different realities of life. So in the, when, when you experience the ultimate reality of life, there is nothing but right now happening. It's like you're looking at individual frames on a movie reel. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Well, it's fun to get into the deep end a little bit with you there. Maybe next time we can talk about, uh, we can go even deeper and talk about what it is that is aware.
what is it that is aware within our mind? That's next time on Grown Man Radio with Stephen Yellen. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, I'm excited to chop this up. I think we got a lot of great stuff there, a lot of stuff of value to the uh, end listener out there. And uh, thank you so much for your time, Stephen. It was fun hanging with you as always. Nothing but the best. I hope that uh, Scott McCarran keeps spreading the word and winning more Schwab cups and little tokens of his experience. Thank you, Clay. Really appreciate you having me on. And let me know what your experience is with uh, those two of you. All right. I will report back. All right. Thanks, everybody. This has been Grown Man Radio. Well, I'm a grown man. And what do you know is Grown Man Radio.